What's up, Hopper Nation? Welcome in to potentially the hottest podcast in all of sports betting. I got IUPUI's biggest fan, president of Hop the Hoops, here with me. Seth, how are you doing? Fantastic. For all of you guys who have not been paying attention, IUPUI Hunters, 3-0 to start the year. You're playing Trent <laughs> College this weekend, which is like school is about 20 minutes south of me in Nashville right now. If they're playing in Franklin, you know I'm at that game. I'm finding a book, and I'm betting the under again, but it, unfortunately it's in Indiana somewhere, so I'm not going. And I can't bet it because it's a D3 school, and I really don't want to look for a book. So we're taking the week off of IUPUI. We've got some other games for you. We're going out to Dublin for a game. Chuck's been extremely hot. Yep. Hotter than hell. My man's 9-0. We had Arkansas plus three last week. That was a push. But otherwise, you know, two more wins in the win column. I'm, I'm now – I don't have a loss in my last ten plays from the, from the pod. My Lord. My God. I, don't, I think I went 3-0 as well last week uh, with three just really no sweat bets. Yeah. You know, we've, been, we've been cruising lately. Yeah, we're feeling good. Getting into the... Do you want to start in Dublin? Is that where we should start? I want to start... Yeah, I want to start in Dublin. <laughs> I'm taking us... Off the Hoops. Off the Hoops is undefeated, by the way, so far. Hasn't lost. And I'm taking us out to Dublin in a game that I think is going to fly under everyone's radar. It's an MN... It's an MAAC versus the Atlantic Sun showcase. Dublin this weekend. I'm looking at Niagara against Stetson. What? 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 (laughs) Yes. Stetson's in Florida. They're the Hatters. The Stetson Hatters. The Hatters. And the Niagara's the Purple Eagles. And you can guess who that is. My Niagara Falls. Um, This game is in Dublin, Saturday morning, 12 o'clock Eastern. Um, Stetson, or these two teams actually play on Friday. Stetson's playing at 5 5 a.m. Eastern tomorrow against Ryder. Now, I looked at that game. And I'm going to talk about Ryder in a little bit, but Stetson's off to a 2-0 start. They have two wins against Florida State, at Florida State, what? and at South Florida. Against two big schools. This is a, Stetson's a small school. Um, not a, obviously, probably haven't heard of them. Our middle school's name is Stetson. I thought they were playing for a second. Uh, but Stetson also is 20th in the nation in returning starters. Um, and... They've, they've been looking really good. I watched them in a Florida State game, moving the ball well. Um, Niagara, on the other hand, not as good. Uh, both teams play extremely slow. Niagara is 361st at pace of play, which is bottom 10 in all the NCAA, and Stetson 346th. Efficiency-wise, Stetson has a slightly better offense. Niagara has a slightly better defense. When I'm looking at these at these efficiencies, I'm like, Stetson has played Florida State at Florida State and USF at USF. Now, USF sucks, but, like, they're still in the American. Like, they're still decent enough. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Stetson is playing Ryder on Friday morning at 5 o'clock. Ryder is basically a better version than Niagara. Both teams are in the MAAC, same conference as St. Peter's. We love Peacocks. Um, Ryder's, Ryder's just a better version of Niagara all the way around. Better offense, better defense, plays a little bit faster. So I think this game tomorrow, I think Stetson actually loses this game tomorrow to Ryder, and then on Saturday comes back 
and plays a inferior but similar team in Niagara and just blows them out of the water. So I'm, I, I see this line coming out about Stetson minus um, I think it can change depending on the Friday game that's played tomorrow at 5 a.m. Um, so I'm going to be watching that game, you know, game cast when I wake up. Uh, but other than that, I see this game like Stetson be slightly favored. I think Stetson blows them out by double digits. Give me the Hatters hop the hoops in Dublin Saturday morning, noon Eastern. So just to clarify, any single digit line, you're you're hammering any the Hatters. Line, give me the Hatters. <laughs> I love that. I have I have two thoughts. Um, one is is Stetson maybe the best team in Florida? I mean, they're right just now. they're running through Florida State, USF, just just running the state of Florida, and now they're taking their talents out to Dublin. Which my my next thought is what just like is anybody going to be at this game? Like, why I was are they... about to say I would expect twelve. <laughs> like, why are they playing in Dublin? I love it. It's great. Forth. Yeah. Grow I mean, the game, I guess. But like between, between the IUPUI game and this Stetson game, we might have more fans at the Helen Keller School of the Blind Cross game. Yeah. There's I mean, we're really getting into the, the weeds for these uh, these hop the hoops. That's where the value is. Where the value is. They weren't paying attention. I think Vegas spent a lot of time on the Niagara Stetson so, Yeah, they're, they're probably not putting a lot of thought into that line. I want to know who else is like betting this. I mean, hopefully our listeners, but like I'll besides bet that, maybe. All right, let's let's move it over to, to college football. Also on Saturday, um, I'm going down from from Dublin to the great state of Kansas. Great uh, state, what's going on? Texas at Kansas is this week. Kansas is a nine and a half point underdog right now at home. I'm taking them. Let's lock up Kansas plus nine and a half. I uh, got a couple reasons, right? So Big Twelve games are typically close. We talked about it last week. Um, Texas just plays close games. I mean, they were favored by seven, but lost to TCU by seven. Um, their last four games have been decided by seven or less points. All Big Twelve games, obviously. So Texas plays close games. I think this will be close. Um, Kansas only has one loss at home all year, um, but they have been bad on the road. So I think I think Vegas is is not loving Kansas a whole lot right now because they've lost four of their last five and haven't looked super good. But but those have all been on the road. Um, so they're coming back home. Um, Quinn Ewers on Texas has has been a little disappointing. I looked I looked back at his last five games, all Big Twelve action. Five games, five five interceptions, fifty two percent completion percentage. Um, so they're really just relying on Bijan Robinson. So I think Texas is a little like one sided offensively right now, and I think Kansas could could prep for that. Um, and I think Vegas just overinflates Texas a, a little too much. We saw that last week with the line being seven, and now this line is nine and a half on the road. So I, I just think Texas is getting a little too much love from Vegas. I don't know. There might be some kind of Statistics that Vegas is looking at that I that I don't know about, but I, I still like Kansas to keep this close. It could be a revenge spot for Texas. I know Kansas beat them last year, um, but if you th- think about that, so Kansas was a much worse team last year, went to Texas and won, and now they're a better team this year, are at home, and they're nine and a half point dogs. I just don't understand it. I'm going to take this any day of the week. Give me Kansas plus nine and a half. 
Yeah, as you mentioned, Kansas only lost one home game. That was the TCU college game day. Yeah. Um, with there. And, I mean, Kansas, in that TCU game, their quarterback got hurt. Um, so their quarterback's been in and out. They've been rolling with their backup sometimes. Who's still pretty good. No, he's still he's still playing good, but he hasn't quite played as good as Daniels when he's in, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so, I mean, that's been slowing down. I don't know what that quarterback situation is this week. I'd have to check it out. Um, but, I mean, that place, Lawrence is going to be popping for this game. You got the Longhorns coming in. You're bowl eligible for the first time in 12 years, 13 years, and you have a chance to beat Texas back-to-back. I like it to stay close. I, I don't think they win. I think it's a touchdown game. Maybe you feel like seven. I think it's kind of the same thing um, as the TCU game last week. I think, I mean, I could see Texas winning by seven. I could see Kansas even surprising them winning outright. Um, but always root for the Jayhawks this year. Proud to get that program back up. Love to see it. Um, and Chuck, if you don't mind, I'm going to stay in the Big 12 with, uh, with my college football. Yeah, game. keep it going. I rode these guys last week. I'm going to ride them again. I mean, the number just doesn't – I don't get it. Um, TCU at Baylor. TCU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Baylor is just the worst version of Texas, right? Because Baylor is 68th in pass defense. Texas was, about, Texas was 99th. I remember talking about that last week. Um, so they're a little bit better. They're 58th in passing offense. Like, you know, just decent, not great, not bad. Um, they can run the ball. They're 25th in the nation, so can Texas. Uh, I know I mentioned this last week. TC is 44th against the run. Um, the other thing about Baylor, though, they're 0-3 against ranked teams. They have not beat a ranked team. They don't have a quality win on their schedule at all. So I get the feeling that just ba- this Baylor team, like TCU literally just played a better version of this team last week and beat them by seven in, a, I think, a much harder place to play. Especially with you know seven point dogs going into Austin, big upset could happen. Didn't happen. I don't see it happening this week either. I'm going. I'm also going with the same logic as they know they can't lose. I think if they lose a game in the regular season, I'd almost say it's next week at Iowa State because I think they'll take the foot off the gas a little bit. But they look at their schedule with the past like two weeks. They're like, all right, we've got two big games at Texas and at Baylor. They know Baylor can put up points. Last week was kind of a grind out. Slow game. They prove they can win that. I think this game's gonna be more of a shootout. I like it, not like low mid thirties to high twenties. Um, but I think TCU comes out on top by more than a field goal. Um, definitely wins this game. Um, Vegas just is not respecting TCU. I don't know why. They're eight and one and one against the spread. Like they they dominated the spread this year. I'm gonna take them again just because I I feel like they're still not getting the love. So I'm taking TCU minus two. Yeah, a couple things I like about it. That's obviously a great number that Vegas has thrown out, two and a half. So I, I'm happy to, to take that. And and I think you're right on the on the Baylor hate, right? Like I'm I'm not a big buyer in Baylor. I think it's a is an excellent point that you brought up. Not having a ranked win, uh, that was big. I didn't know that, so I appreciate the insight. Um, I'm not a big Blake Shapin guy. I don't think they can do much offensively. Um, I know, like you said, they can run the ball a little bit, but we saw that last week, right? Texas tried to run the ball against the CCU defense and couldn't. Uh, Bijan Robinson had like 12 carries for 29 yards in that game. Um, and then Quinn Ewers had to had to try to carry Texas and couldn't. I don't think Blake Shapin's going to be able to either. Um, so I definitely like it. I'm, I am kind of worried that it might be a letdown spot for TCU coming off that big Texas game. 
Um, I do think TCU is going to lose at some point, whether, like you said, whether it's this week, whether it's next week to Iowa State at home or in the Big 12 championship, I feel like the luck is going to run out on TCU at some point. Also, so Seth, I think it's funny. We're, we're kind of sticking to what, what worked for us, uh, fading Texas. I'm, I'm going to be fading Texas this week, and you're going to be riding TCU. We're going to run it back with these two teams. Hey, man, horned frogs and the hatters. <laughs> That's true. You got you got a good mascot thing going. I have a great mascot thing going. I'm I'm right with the mascot. That's how you pick brackets now. You pick the coolest mascot. All right. Well, how do you feel about the Trojans? Let me add the Trojans to mine. Um, oh, the Trojan condoms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whatever. Um, so I'm not taking. I'm taking a prop in this one. So I know to some of you college. College football props are not available, so I apologize if, if this doesn't apply to you, but but find a book where you can get it. Um, Caleb Williams over 27.5 rushing yards against UCLA this weekend. Um, so first point here, UCLA defense uh, have, have played two, like the best. I, I thought about this game, when I was thinking about this game, I thought about, okay, let's, let's look at how these teams have, have fared against the other really good Pac-12 teams, right? So UCLA has played Oregon and... Uh, Utah and uh, or UCLA, yeah, UCLA has played Oregon and Utah, and Bo Nix and Cam Rising both went for over 50 rushing yards against the UCLA defense. So I th- I think the UCLA defense is a, is a little weak against like running quarterbacks or quarterbacks that have the ability to run. Um, so I think Caleb Williams can take advantage of that. And UCLA the UCLA defense is also 102nd in passing defense. So I, I'm not taking the Caleb Williams passing stat because it's like 300 yards and that just seems a little high. Um, so I think this is low, but that, that means to me is that they're going to be dropping back to pass a lot. So that creates a lot of scramble opportunities for Caleb Williams. If he sees like UCLA drops like nine in coverage and they got like just a hole up the middle that they're, they're playing man and he can get them at all the, you know, cornerbacks and safeties to kind of fan out down the field. And then he can just take off and get it. All you need here is like a couple of, couple of big, big runs that he breaks, a couple of big scrambles and, and you cash this bet. And so let's think about the USC offense a little bit also. Travis Dye, tough loss for them, out for the year. Um, so that was kind of their running game. So I think Caleb Williams is going to have to do more than, he's, than he is used to um, just because they're missing that, that key piece. And then um, if you think about USC against like really good Pac-12 teams, uh, the best Pac-12 competition they had was, was when they played Utah, and he had 57 rush yards in that game. So I think all the signs point to like Caleb Williams running more than he has and um, the the number is twenty seven and a half because if you take his average rushing yards for the year, it's twenty seven and a half. But that's dragged down by a couple of games where in blowouts he just didn't run that much because he didn't need to. Um, so I'm taking twenty seven and a half rushing yards. I think that's a that's a good play for this this probably the most exciting game of the weekend. I'm, I'm really intrigued by this one. Yeah, I, I I was looking at that number a little bit. Um... I got scared by it, so I got away. But I like that. And I know uh, for people who listen to the pod for a couple seasons now, um, our big thing is quarterbacks over on rushing yards when you're playing a good defense, especially a good D-line. Um, and to my knowledge, what I've seen, stats I've looked at, UCLA, very good D-line. Um, can definitely got the quarterbacks. Now, where they, they struggle is their, their safeties in the corners. Uh, they give up a lot of points. Uh, but they definitely get pressure on the quarterback. I like this. I like Caleb Williams scramble one or two times. Only, only That's all you need. Scramble for 15 yards, you know, a couple, couple first downs, you're good. You're yeah. Funny. The only concerning thing is, is like sacks count against you. 
um, in this. But but like I said, I think he's just going to have so many opportunities because they're going to throw the ball so much that he's just going to take off a lot and keep it moving. Um, but yeah, like you like you said, the UCLA defense is pretty good up front. I think they're like they're definitely like top fifty against the run, and they were like I think they I saw they were like thirty fourth in sacks. So they they do get after the quarterback a little bit, but I think Caleb Williams is elusive enough, just like Bo Nix and Cam Rising were against the same defense. Chuck, I'm going to stick with the elusive quarterback trend here. I'm going to transition go. us to the NFL for my third pick. Um, player prop. Didn't do a prop last week. Felt like I kind of cheated the pod. Um, but we're going with someone who might be the hottest quarterback in football right now and still doesn't win games. I'm taking Justin Fields. Hell yeah. Anytime touchdown score. Lighten it up on the ground recently. He's been over 150 yards the past two games. The thing that sticks out to me and why I'm taking any time touchdown score instead of rushing yards is Atlanta, who they're playing, has the sixth highest percentage of rushing touchdowns against them. So out of out of all the touchdowns scored, forty six percent of them have been on the ground against Atlanta. And the other thing I'm looking at Atlanta's schedule: Saints, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks, 49ers, Bengals, Panthers, Chargers, Panthers. None of those quarterbacks really run. Yep. So they really haven't faced a scheme like the Bears have been running the past two weeks and it's been working. So it's a new scheme. It's basically two games in where Justin Fields has been running just crazy. So I don't think Atlanta's defense, who is their bottom third in rush defense, like their 19th or 20th, I don't see him really slowing them down. And especially when they get to the goal line, like if I'm the Bears, I'm running it with Fields. I'm running an option. I'll, I'll take the chance that Fields runs it in over anybody else. I don't think they're going to pass it. I think they're going to run it. And even and he can break one loose like he's been doing. I'm taking – I think he gets in the end zone at least once, maybe even twice this week against Atlanta. Seth, you know, I, I thought about talking about this game, but I was like, I talk about the Bears too much on the pod. But then, then you just you just bring them right back to my lap. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Justin Fields has been on fire. This offense is looking good. As a Bears fan, I am excited. Um, I don't even care that they're losing because this season was a wash anyways. I just want to see Fields progress, and he has been. Um, you said the last two games. I'm going to go back four games for you. If we go back to that New England Monday night game, that's when it kind of clicked. They had a nice win, 133-14. But then ever since then, they still have put up 29 against Dallas, 32 against Miami, 30 against Detroit. So that's four straight games um, averaging 30 points a game. So you're getting a lot of opportunities because they're scoring a lot of touchdowns for Justin Fields to potentially get one. Um, another thing you didn't mention, uh, what's his name? Shoot. Khalil Herbert is out for this game. Um, he, they, they put him on, on the IR. So he's kind of a two-headed monster with David Montgomery um, in the backfield, who I think is also a little banged up. So they might need to rely on Justin Fields even more than they have been running the football, which is already a lot. Um, and like you mentioned, the Atlanta rush defense, not particularly good. I think that's been a, a trend all year. Um, we saw Donta Foreman last week for the Panthers kind of run all over the Falcons. So I think they're you know vulnerable there. I'm very interested in this game. I think it could be high scoring, but I'm also a little worried that there, there's got to be some regression for this Bears offense at some point. You know, scoring 30, 30 points a game just doesn't seem sustainable. But like you said, you're just going to have to ride this trend because Justin Fields is – is a beast right now, and and this Atlanta rush defense, like you said, is is not is not up to par. Yeah, like I mean, and like you said, I mean, the, and the Cowboys and Dolphins defenses aren't bad. The yeah. Lions defense sucks. 
Uh, but I mean, especially the Cowboys' defense. I mean, yes, their defense gave up 49 points and they lost by 20, but they still put up 29 points. Um, and I just don't think the Falcons' defense is that defense to stop them here. Uh, later in the year, I mean, they'll, they'll play the Jets, Eagles, Bills. Uh, so I think I think it'll regress a little bit there. But I, I'm going to give them another game. I probably wouldn't bet this next week against the Jets, but I'm going to give them one more game. I'm going to say it takes takes uh, the scouting reports three games to kind of figure out what's what's been going on with Justin Fields. And, and this game indoors too, I think that tends to just just speed up the game a little bit, right? Like. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any stats to back that up. But I, I just feel like Justin Fields could could get some some grass to, to run in against this, this defense for sure. Yeah. The other, the other thing I will say too, if, if for whatever reason Fields is anytime touchdown score odds are like below one hundred and forty, I'm changing my bet to over on his rushing yards. I just want that on the pot in case it comes out like Which, super low. It's got to like, be what? high, right? I mean, I would I would think it's pretty even money. It was maybe, maybe oh. even plus money. For yeah, for any time because I mean you can still get under like one thirty. I'm not touching. I'll just take his over on yards. You can still get pretty close to even on Jalen Hurts touchdown score, which like you know he's been he's been running all year. So Justin Fields seems still pretty new in this this whole running game. So I I think you get plus money on that, or at least close to it. Should should get it. Should get it. All right, love that you're you're bold enough to take a plus money play with your with your third pick of the week. Um, I'm gonna close this out here talking about. The Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. Dallas is favored by one and a half, and I'm going to take a favorite, which is rare for me to do, but I'm going to take Dallas minus one and a half to win this game. I know they're on the road. I know this line maybe seems weird that they're even favored, but this is a spot play for me. I think this line is the way it is because of what the events that happened last week and realizing that you know people agree with me that it's a spot play. Um, so Dallas overtime lost in Green Bay last week. Um, they actually outgained the Packers in that game. So they actually played arguably better than the Packers. Uh, Dak threw a couple picks. Um, you know, they went forward on that fourth and three late. That, you know, if they got that, they would have won the game in theory. So, you know, I'm not, too, I'm not taking too much away from that loss. I think this is a bounce-back spot for them. And conversely, Vikings overtime win in Buffalo where they got outgained. So these two teams actually, like, you know, should have the results should have been flopped almost based on if you just look solely at the stats and like yards and you know third down conversion rate, just some of the stuff that like usually like leads to a win, right? So, um, and we saw you know another point I wanted to make is we saw Monday Night Football it was shocking, right? The Eagles lost the the invincible eight no Eagles lost a game, so now sad day, sad day. the team with the longest winning streak is now the Vikings, right? They've won seven in a row. I keep looking for a spot to fade the Vikings, right? Because I keep thinking they're going to lose eventually. Which So I think this is the spot. They're at home coming off a big win in Buffalo. Now a Dallas team comes to town who's comfortable playing indoors. Dak, Dak back indoors going to Jerry, you know, coming off of the Lambeau game. So I, I didn't really expect Dak to perform super well in, in Lambeau. Um, in a cold weather game against the Packers, but I expect him to perform pretty well against the Vikings in a dome. Um, you know, so he kind of cleans up those turnovers, and the Vikings, the Vikings struggle to to contain him. I think I think Dallas wins this one. Yeah, Chuck, I, I looked at this line initially. I was like, oh, Vikings all the way, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, uh, you might be right. Spot play, staying away from it. I'll let you take it. 
could be a spot. And I've been on the Vikings all year. Kind of the same spot. I'm like, kind of wait for them to lose. Um, and I could see it this week. Initially, I was all over it. And I feel like this is one where the public is going to be big on the Vikings here. Um, public could get burned. Yeah. Be a public guy. A guy of the people. I, I like to fade yeah, the public. I think like sixty percent of the bet. Yeah, I think like sixty percent of the bets are on the Vikings as a as a home dog. Uh, oh man, so. I, I would expect more. Maybe more more people are with you, Chuck. I mean, might have to might have to join you on the dark side. <laughs> on, on the Dak yeah. side. On the Dak side, I like it. I like that. But yeah, I'll be I'll be driving home uh, for Thanksgiving on Saturdays or Sunday, so. I'll, uh, I'll have Scott Anson pulled up on my phone while I'm driving. Is it the safest decision? No. But is it the most entertaining? Yes. I'll be doing that on Sunday. So, but yeah, we got another good week, Chuck. Let's stay hot, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about our plays. Uh, we're, we're on a roll, so I don't even feel like I need a lot of stats to back me up. I'm just kind of just going with the gut, just writing stuff down pretty quickly on this. We're going from Dublin to Kansas to Minnesota, to Texas. We're everywhere, Chuck, everywhere. Yeah. God, I can't wait for Stetson Niagara. I'm waking up. I'm waking up tomorrow morning early, and I'm, I'm getting the ESPN Plus just to watch Ryder Stetson. I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. I mean, I, I'd love I to just watch that just to see, like, the crowd of, of this game. Yeah, not a chance. No, no crowd. No crowd, Chuck. But, all right, offers. Let's make some more money this week. We've been rolling. Let's stay hot. Chuck, always a pleasure. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we might have a little little in-person pod next week. During, we will. During Thanksgiving. Yeah. So looking forward to that. We might have to do, like, a, a live show or something. Get get the YouTube up and, and give the people what they want to see. I don't know if they want to see us. I feel like we're just voices to them. Yeah. We're not pretty enough yet. We that'd be, that'd be weird. We'll hit the gym. We'll hit the gym more. We'll get yoked. We'll get pretty, and then we'll then we'll do some YouTube. But for now, we're just a voice in your head telling you to bet. So get on, get on Hopper Nation. We'll see you guys next week.